1: Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Will Aaron Rodgers host Jeopardy or will he save Brian Gutekunst's job? It is I, Rob Paul, aka one of the few pretend scouts who adamantly believes in drafting running backs in the first round. And with me, as always, is AJ, Lions, and Bengals, and Bears. Oh, my, Marchese.
2: Yeah, first round of fancy drafts, you're taking running backs
1: baby. Like Ronald Jones?
2: Did you take him in the first round?
1: I don't know. Today, we're going to grade every draft class from the AFC and NFC North.
0: Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, going to set my draft, going to set my draft. On fire, seven. Seven. seven, seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my lady, driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or a Thibodeau, who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's going to your future picks away? Hey, who's going to reach for a blue-blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song.
1: Sports. Culture. Takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your pods. And another audio interaction type app that's not podcasts, you ask, AJ? I did ask, yeah. What? Locker Room. It's live, audio-only, sports talk. Free to download and to use. Talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Like how AJ shares experiences about being a Toronto fan every night on Locker Room. AJ, uh, give us a little Toronto Locker Room tr- update. Oh, we're
2: still talking about Tom Wilson. Uh, breaking it down detail by detail. Uh, we'll probably talk about this straight through into the summer.
1: Yeah, I mean... The, the the Leafs being good doesn't really like it's more about protecting the game at this point for you, uh, right? Definitely,
2: I think I think that's the number one thing about hockey is uh dressing well to 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 practice and to games. It's not just games; you gotta dress up to practice too, in my opinion. And then yeah, uh, yeah, it's protecting the sport. Um and and we're this week tonight uh, we're discussing if Tom Wilson should not be allowed on the TTC. Is he the shame of Toronto? How <laughs> frequently?
1: How making the trip up from Washington to Toronto to use the TTC? His
0: hometown,
2: and you know how that is with hockey guys. Hometowns mean the most.
1: And more, my question is: He's a millionaire NHL player. Why is he is he using the TTC a lot? Uh, Have you ever ridden the Red Rocket? Which of course is the map. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow all your favorite podcast hosts and be notified when their rooms go live. Uh, and AJ will be going live about Tom Wilson and the TTC controversy tonight on the Locker Room app. Um, you know what I'll be doing tonight, AJ? <laughs>
2: I'm grading the AFC and NFC North's
1: drafts. More like kicking myself for Baltimore doing it once again. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what sucks about being a Steelers fan is I'm used to Baltimore drafting well, but I'm not used to Cincinnati and Cleveland drafting better mm-hmm. than the Steelers, so that mm-hmm. was tough for me. Yeah, was, uh, but let's start. I
2: was thinking about that as I was, was
1: grading it for you. Let's start with Baltimore. Aussie might be gone, but tradition in Baltimore continues where it feels like every draft pick they make is smart and the perfect fit. Uh, I ended up giving them an A-. minus.
2: I gave them an A, and I know you only gave them an A- because you hate them. And they got a value grade, if you remember from last week, it's just it's just where they went compared to where they were on my board, of plus 120, so a real solid value grade, I think. I've only done a couple of them. So really, with not enough context for you to really know <laughs> if it was good or not. It has to be saying.
1: good. It has to be good. It's
2: 120. Uh,
1: but obviously, two first-round picks after shipping Orlando Brown off, off to Kansas City. Uh, they take Rashad Bateman, 27th. They take uh, um, O.A., 31st. And both of those felt like perfect Baltimore Raven picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bateman was kind of the guy there. Uh, in a way, it felt like this, if any team's going to bank on those traits and turn them into production, Baltimore's the team that's going to get the most out of them.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, For, for, for O.A., it's like... <laughs> It's,
1: uh,
2: you weren't, wh- where did you have him on your board?
1: I had him about 50, if I remember okay,
2: right. Okay, I, I had him 25, so I was banking on the traits. And then, you know, get, getting closer to the draft, I, I believe in him, but it's like, you know, if he goes to the wrong spot, it might not come together for him. But then once you see the Ravens selecting him 31st, it's like, okay, you have a really good feeling that the Baltimore Ravens are going to, uh, you know, mold this ball of clay into... Um, a third round comp pick in a couple years, but between then and now, um, <laughs> you know, a couple ten sack seasons. Um, but yeah, I think that's a perfect landing spot for 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 Oway and and a, a great a great pick up for the Ravens, especially when um, you know the, the pass rushers kind of went funky. Like I think Oway is significantly better than D- Joe Tryon, who went the next pick. So um, I think yes. that, I think that's a really good pick there.
1: Yeah, of those the the little run on pass rushers we had in the back end of the first round. Yeah. He he was the most justifiable to be a first round pick. Agreed, and, and I think both in ter- because of his traits, obviously. But in terms of tape, I thought he had the best tape of, of the the four that went in those final five picks, and you just feel like Baltimore, like you said, they're going to take the traits and then develop the the technique, get him using those hands a lot better. He won a ton with his speed and his flexibility. Um, and that, that's a, that's going to translate, I think, early into pressures. And it's just kind of stringing moves together and building that passers' repertoire. And we've seen them do it with far less talent that then become yeah. comp picks for them. And, like, I mean, you think about, obviously, they lose Judon. Um, and they lose Ngakwe this offseason. Those are going to be comp picks. Before that, I mean, it goes back all the way to, like, 2006. Adelius Thomas. Yeah. Um, and, like... I mean, Zadarius Smith going to Green Bay and become one of the best pass rushers in the league. They just they know how to develop this position in Baltimore. They always have. Um, and and the other thing about this is it's a massive need for them. You look at their pass rusher group. I'm not even sure who like assuming away is starting. I'm not even sure who like it, it's going to be rotation. I guess of Tyus Bowser, Pernell McPhee, Jalen Ferguson opposite him.
2: Yeah, which is uh some guys they, 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 they took and hope to develop that I guess they really didn't, but we you know, like we could have said that about them. But yeah, um no, there there isn't much there and like maybe even later Dalen Hayes gets on the field as a rookie.
1: Like Yeah. And and, and with the Bateman pick, they've needed that 50-50 yeah. ball receiver. They've needed the more of the true the the guy who can play outside and inside. They that X that guy who could beat press coverage who's got nasty route running to go with releases is Rashad Bateman a top tier athlete maybe he's not the athlete that Hollywood Brown is but this is the type of receiver Lamar Jackson hasn't had and yeah. I think I mean day one I think he's your go-to excluding Mark Andrews from this conversation Rashad Bateman's your go-to wide receiver
2: um yeah I fully agree and I honestly think he well obviously he compliments Hollywood Brown very well but I think like just his presence in the offense is going to help the passing game finally open up for the Baltimore Ravens, and they've already kind of talked about how they do want to, you know, not go pass heavy, but maybe a little more pass heavy because obviously you watch any Ravens game and their their run first offense. Um, so I, I think Bateman is kind of the last piece there because on paper you look at this receiving core, um, especially tight end included, uh, it looks good. I mean they've spent the picks, uh, obviously Hollywood. Uh, they brought in Sammy Watkins, Tylen Wallace later in the draft, which I think we both think is a steal. Uh mm-hmm. speaking of steals, Jane Pearl like like the Devin Duvernay, Boykin, like they have a lot of guys on paper. So I, I do think that Bateman is kind of the last piece of the puzzle, kinda of like the the perfect complement for Lamar Jackson. Like like you said, the type of receiver he hasn't had. Um the the great route runner. Um and I think that being opposite of Hollywood with Andrews, you know, uh lining up wherever the hell they line him up. In the middle between them, um, I, I think I think I think and I hope this is going to open up the passing game. Uh, regardless, I mean, we we pegged the Bateman to the Ravens. I don't know if we were I was I, at least I wasn't confident they're going to take him, so I was super happy they did because again I love the Ravens. You hate them, um, <laughs> but I think I think he is going to open up the passing game finally for the for Lamar Jackson and company.
1: Take some pressure off Hollywood Brown, maybe allow him to yeah. kind of find more of a true deep threat role. Uh, while Bateman becomes that more complete inside-out yep. route route runner fifty-fifty ball guy, I mean it, it should open up looks for like a gadget guy like Devin Duvernay and I mean Tylen I mean, Wallace, We'll get to him too, but they've, they're at least attempting to fix this wide receiver group, which is nice. Yeah, and on um, on, on paper
2: th- it looks like it's going to work out.
1: In the third round, uh, they take Ben Cleveland, uh, a favorite of this show, and. and a late riser who I think we both like, but I'm kind of shocked he went as high as he did. Uh, Brandon Stevens, SMU DB, former UCLA running back. Uh, that's their two third round picks. And the thing I think we're both going to say Ben Cleveland's incredible value at the 94th pick. Kind of feels like the perfect team gap scheme. Yeah. Like he gets to use that underrated athleticism, but also that power. And I, I mean, I think Ben Cleveland's your future at uh, right guard. Um and I mean he he given this like what they've got right now in terms of offensive line, Kevin Zeeler is the only interior offensive lineman I, I think you can guarantee a starter. Yeah, so Ben Cleveland might be starting early, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing because I th- I had him as a top fifty player. Yeah, me too. I, and I
2: again the whole process we were both so in love with Ben Cleveland. And we kept asking why the NFL didn't like him as, or seemingly didn't like him as much as we do. And we know they didn't like him as much as we do, but at least he went in the top 100. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think even now, I think Ben Cleveland is still slept on as a, a terrific pick. And I think when we get down the road, he's going to be one of the biggest deals of the draft. And I mean, because this is the perfect fit for him. Um, yep. Like you said, it, the opportunity is more than there for Ben Cleveland. Uh, look at him. He, he he's he's a massive, massive man. Like like everything is there. And you watch the tape. He's great. I, I don't. I still don't really understand why he, he even fell this far, considering some of the other offensive linemen that went ahead of him. But this all kind of matched up perfectly for Cleveland. And I, I truly think he's going to be like like ten years down the line. You're going to be like, why the hell did did he go ninety fourth?
1: All four AFC North teams drafted offensive linemen at some point in the first four rounds, and I think Ben Cleveland was easily the best pick.
2: Uh yeah no that that's fair, um the Stevens um, one
1: that that came out of fucking left field when when they called his name, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just the Aussie Newsom Baltimore Ravens effect where I thought just looking at player yeah uh and where he was selected it was a reach
2: massive but yeah. then
1: looking at it being Baltimore it's like this this guy could find a role with this team big physical DB who might be a better fit as safety, which is more of a need for them than corners. Mm -hmm. So that makes me wonder if they're going to look at him as safety. And My comp on him was Aaron Williams, the former uh, Texas corner who became a safety in Buffalo. Um, It just felt like, again, another really Baltimore pick where it it feels like less of a reach because it's Baltimore.
2: Yeah, no, I think that is fair. Like I had um, him 149th on my board. He went 104. And I I thought I was a big fan of his. Um, So this, this, again, came out of left field to me. But, no, I agree with you, and uh, that transition to safety might not be so tough because it's not like he's been playing corner for 10 years of his life or anything, right? So he's new to corner, uh, went out there and, and started every game for SMU uh, after he, he moved to corner, which is crazy. All the traits are there. So I, I, get, I get him being a guy in this draft that you, you bet on the traits. I like him, and I know I agree. It's kind of giving the benefit of the doubt to the Ravens that Maybe they maybe the move to safeties in mind, and if not, um, regardless, they they got, a, they got a plan for him, and they think that they could turn him to something.
1: Fourth round, they take Tylan Wallace, who we obviously mentioned already. In the fourth round, I love this. Me too. A guy who, if he was faster, I think goes top 100. Another guy, similar to Bateman, where he's not necessarily the biggest receiver, but he plays a lot bigger than he is. Incredible body control, just violent at the catch point. Under a route right runner, good after the catch. I love him in the 4th round. I think honestly he I think he's your the the, the obviously they draft Devin Duvernay uh in 3rd round last year, they draft Holly Brown in the 1st round, they draft Miles Boykin in the 3rd round 2 years ago. They signed Sammy Watkins. I think long term uh, I am I'm going to bet on Tylen Wallace finding a starting role in Baltimore over Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay and Sammy Watkins.
2: Uh yeah, I would too. And I mean like I think this year it's Sammy Watkins's gig, which I I kind of like. I like that fit. Um, but long term, no, I agree. I I don't see a way Tylen. Well, I mean, anything can happen with a fourth round pick. But to me, I think Tylen Wallace is going to carve out that role specifically. And he almost like you know what I mean. Like with Boykins and Hollywood and, and Duvernay. I'm not I'm not saying they weren't com- like I, I liked I liked I kind of liked all three of them. I, it wasn't super high on Boykin, but you know they're they're drafting traits more than anything. And where Bateman and Wallace are more, you know, go and get it, more well-rounded receivers. So, I kind of like the shift here.
1: Uh, Fifth round, three picks. They go Sean Wade, Dalen Hayes, who you mentioned earlier, and Ben Mason, one of our faves. This feels like three good bets by Baltimore. Yeah. Where Sean Wade obviously was looked at going into the year as a potential first-round guy. Falls off a cliff. Uh, I think in Baltimore he's going to be more viewed as a nickel or as a safety, and not a true outside corner. Um, I th- I think at one sixty you're fine taking him.
2: Yeah, I, I had him one fifty at my board, so one sixty uh, about where he should go. And again, um, like like same idea as Stevens. If you're any if you if you're Sean Wade, this is a great landing spot. Obviously, you're not happy about <laughs> yeah. going the fifth round, but I think you should be ecstatic about being a Baltimore Raven.
1: And then Hayes felt like just a guy who's gonna like in in the realm of the Pernell McFees and the mm-hmm. Darius Smith of the world where this guy's got the right mental makeup and the physicality yeah uh not necessarily the greatest athlete in the world but a really solid all-around edge and if anyone's going to kind of turn him into something it's going to be Baltimore
2: yeah i think i think when the pick happened we both uh virtually looked e- looked at each other and it's like okay um I, we both like Dalen Hayes for the reasons you just mentioned and uh this, this fit feels like he's going to be hanging around uh, for a long time in the league. Do we give the Ravens too much credit talking about this? But it, it does work out for them, these type of picks. So, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Until it doesn't work out, we will have to believe what we believe. Speaking of uh, working out. Ben, yeah. Ben, ben Mason. Obviously, Baltimore is one of the few teams who runs a, a ton of fullback in their offense. But they have one of the best in the league in Patrick Ricard. And my Ben Mason comp was smaller Patrick Ricard. and. I just love the idea that they've drafted a second fullback, and both these fullbacks have experience playing defensive line, and both these fullbacks live to murder people. Both underrated athletes, and both catch the ball better than you'd expect. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I I am kind of sad because I wanted Ben Mason to be a starting yeah. fullback, and I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen here. I, I I wonder what the plan is with him, but. I mean, this is right around. I think I had him like 190 on my board, and we talked about how in a weak tight end class, you, I, I would rather take him for what he can do as a blocking tight end slash fullback than some of these other options.
2: Yeah, he's very worth the pick, and I think they're going to get him on the field. And seeing how they're going to get him on the field uh, is going to be a ton of fun. But you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't draft a second fullback. Uh, just for shits and gigs, I, I think I think they got a, a clear idea from him, and I totally agree. Cool. I I don't want seventy two, so at one eighty four, I think like this is, this is exactly where he she was worth going, especially like you said it, up against Bal- this
1: tight end class, yeah. Baltimore and the Greg Roman offense is yeah like not afraid to put three tight ends <laughs> on the field, and is Ben Mason tight end three behind Andrews and Nick Boyle that would make a lot of sense.
2: Would make a lot of sense, no for sure. I, the, again, they, they got they got a plan for him.
1: Okay, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, who obviously uh, had the first overall pick last year, took Joe Burrow. Uh, the debate leading up to the draft was would they take the receiver and Joe Burrow's t- college teammate and Jamar Chase, or would they take the left tackle to keep him safe? They go Jamar Chase, uh, which it's hard to knock that pick. Mm-hmm. But I, I will always take the lineman over the, the playmaker. Uh, I ended up giving them a B plus.
2: I gave them a, a B rounded and a value grade of negative 96 because – there was again. I like the class, but there was a couple of uh, reaches mixed in there.
1: Well, there, it felt like it, they would go from a, a steal to a reach, a steal to a reach. Yeah, that's kind of how the class went in general.
2: And, and taking McPherson one forty nine kind of messed their that didn't their them. value grade up for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Chase is gonna day one be your your new AJ Green in theory. I again like I think he, it's hard to knock the pick when he was a top an obvious top 10 player with all pro capabilities to be the number one guy and was Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow and him set SEC records together. It's hard to knock that. But when you could have had a franchise left tackle, it does bother me. Um, I, again, like I think Jamar Chase is going to be a wonderful pro Bowl type number one receiver for this team and have success early. But, and then the kind of like, you knew when they took Chase fifth, That they were gonna come back Mm -hmm. on day two and take a lineman. And this is where it just it really I thought was gross was taking Jackson Carmen forty sixth overall.
2: No, I I totally agree with your entire sentiment there. It's that like okay, I again I take Sewell, uh kind of no doubt about it, but I'm never gonna knock them for taking Chamar Chase. Um But like you said, you knew they were gonna come back and grab alignment at forty six. And then when they took Justin Carmen, who uh, neither of us thought was a top 100 player, um, who is kicking in a guard and might be an average guard, <laughs> I I don't get th-
1: it. And you can get gotten a good receiver at 46 if you if you flip the, these picks around. The and the thing about that is even if like you're just set on Joe Chase and I can I can understand that. And you come back at 46 and you're like we're taking a lineman here. Well, if you're if you want to bet on the physical tools and the upside. You've passed on Samuel Cosme. If you want to bet on the kind of the safer technician who might not have all the physical tools you look for, you pass on Dylan Radens. And then, it, I mean, if you're just looking at the pick more even as a guard, you pass on Jalen Mayfield. I, hey, I they, think all three of those They pass on Tevin Jenkins, too. And, and, and no, they didn't. They Tevin traded Jenkins back. They traded back. Oh, Right. I forgot they picked thirty eight. Jump back, yeah, and so the, they they passed on Tevin Jenkins, who I think we both thought could have gone in the back end of the first round. Yeah, and I I I can't like all four of those guys are way better prospects than Jackson Carmen. I can't like I mean hey and, I mean just to throw Brady Christensen who went uh, after Mayfield. Like Brady Christensen, yeah, he's a little older, but elite athlete with all yeah. the upside in the world. Yeah. And you you passed on him too. I just I don't get the Jackson Carmen pick uh, at all, I, and that's really left a sour taste in my mouth because I again you can justify Chase, even though I I think it definitely should have been Sewell or Slater, but they come back in the third round and they get Joseph aside, which was a freaking steal at sixty nine. But that Jackson Carmen pick just sticks it in my head.
2: Yeah, uh, so uh, let me let me just save my piece here a little bit. So at, at least they did trade back. They got two two fours, and that ended up being Shelvin and Deontay Smith. So. At least they got a good, a better office line for that trade. But no, yeah, passing passing on Jenkins, um, again, I, neither of us like the player. I don't like the overall strategy. Other than at least they traded back, but I don't even really like the fit of Jackson Carmen in Cincinnati.
1: I I don't think the fit makes sense. Um, no, Zach Zach Taylor obviously is coming from that McVay Shanahan yeah more zone scheme and. Jackson Carmen to be is a power guard. I, I totally agree. So, yeah, I,
2: again, um, I didn't like that at all. But 69, Osai, uh, I thought that, again, also thought that was a great, great pickup. Uh, they needed Edge. I had him 52nd. Um, I think he fits what they like. Uh, he's, he's motor running. Um, big upside still. He's, he's new to playing Edge. I, I think that's a slam dunk of a pick. So, like you said, it's kind, yeah, of, it's kind of waves where they make a wild, what the fuck are they doing, and then, oh, man, this is a
1: great pick. I think it's gonna be fun to see how they deploy because obviously Sam Hubbard's there. They signed Trey Hendrickson free agency. Uh, they draft Osai. The the next very next pick in the fourth round, they take Cam Sample, who where mm-hmm. Osai's this off ball linebacker edge hybrid, samples this interior defensive lineman edge hybrid. Yep. So contrasting styles, which I like, and that 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 edge rotations become becomes pretty interesting. Where I wonder if maybe in passing situations at some point, Cam Simple's playing on the interior. Yeah. And uh, you, you get, I mean, it, it, Osai finding a role early, maybe as a, uh, um, a, pa- a passer specialist at, in that Carl Lawson role. I think it's both those picks. I thought I'd, I'd love both those picks.
2: No, me too. And, and if you look at this Bengals uh, defensive front, there's a lot of good football players on it. And it's got a potential if it comes together to be a, Maybe like a sneaky high-end group uh, earlier rather than later.
1: Well, in in the next fourth-round pick, they take Tyler Shelvin, the nose tackle from LSU, who I know is much higher on than you. Yeah, I thought this was right around where you should go. Um, doesn't maybe doesn't make that DJ Reader contract look all that great. Mm-hmm. You should probably not pay nose tackles, and then draft a nose tackle. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I do just looking at the prospect and, and what he can do as a one-tack, I, I really like that fit. I think he's got a chance to be a really impactful rundown defender uh, who comes off the field in passing situations. And guess what? Cam Sample comes in. That's pretty interesting. You mentioned this D line depth, really cool. Yeah. I, I, I like what they're doing on the defensive line a lot.
2: Me too. I don't love the Tyler Shelvin pick, though. Um, again, yeah, I, I thought I had him like 152, so 30 ish picks higher. So not, not ridiculous when you get into the fourth round, but. Yeah, it doesn't. When, when you throw that reader contract out there, that's kind of like, okay, what are they doing? And again, I didn't think it was a massive need. I thought there's a lot of guys there. Um, so yeah, not obviously not the worst pick they made. I don't think it's a terrible pick, but I, I don't, I don't love it. I, t- I totally get what Tyler Shelvin does for you, He's just a but, big old fucking
1: rug, run plugger. But, but yeah, I, I, don't I will, know. I will mention that. Like the way Baltimore, where if Baltimore took Tyler Shelvin, I'd be like, "Oh, this is perfect for him." <laughs> Cincinnati's kind of the, that opposite to me, where if Tyler Sh- Shelvin's like, obviously he he's got the inconsistent play history, and that has a lot to do with his weight. Yeah. If that's going to be an issue in the NFL, like Cincinnati's not the team I trust to handle that. Uh, yeah, especially especially with all that chili coming out of Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, yeah, skyline. Uh, and then but but they come back their next fourth round pick. Dante Smith, East <laughs> Carolina, one of our faves. Uh, if you're taking a, a – first of all, I thought he was worthy of a – him and Stone Forsythe both fell wafer than I was expecting. Definitely. Um, and Dante Smith ends up somewhere where, assumably, Riley Reef and, and Jonah Williams are your starting tackles, So he gets to sit. He's a freaky athlete with so much length. I don't necessarily trust this thing to develop him properly, mm. but you're looking at him, I think, as your future starting right tackle if all all things go well. And I love that pick.
2: Yeah, from the front office side, uh, this is a slam dunk cone run of a selection in, in my opinion. I agree, Adam ninety third. I think he's better than Jackson Carmen. Um, so like I think yes. the pick is an A or A plus individually. But yeah, it's again, yeah, it's great that he doesn't have to come in and, and compete for a job right away or anything like that but the only question is, can they develop them? But I think from a, a draft grading perspective, you, you kind of, you don't, you don't worry about that part too much. I think it's a fantastic pick.
1: Uh, fifth round, they draft a kicker, which is always stupid. Terrible. The kicker drafted Evan McPherson, uh, especially when they're going to cut him the class. And obviously they lost fat Randy to the lions. They had a Austin Seabird on the, on the roster who was, uh, previously with the Browns. Yeah. Um, this is a camp battle age he's really excited about. McPherson versus Seabird. Two
2: kickers I don't it's, like that uh, much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, but, I mean, one, don't ever... Like, I think you could justify drafting punters 6th, uh, 7th round. Like like the smart Steelers did. But, 5th round's too early. And, number 2, kickers tend to bust more frequently when draft. Like, yeah. kick... Yeah, it's like more of a crapshoot with kickers than punters. And one forty nine, like that you can get a solid football player, a potential starter in the top one fifty, and you took a kicker. So that was dumb.
2: Like like the next pick um, was Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, I'm not saying the Bengals should have drafted Kenneth Gainwell, but just to put it in perspective, um that's right. like it's like one of the first picks of the fifth round. So it's it's almost a fourth round pick. And hey, when it's almost a fourth round pick, it's almost a top one hundred pick. No, I'm just kidding, I'm getting too far. But but yeah, it's uh, again, I'm okay with, with taking kickers and punters uh both in the in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, I'm okay with taking like a great punter in the fifth round but uh a, a math kicker in my opinion uh early fifth uh terrible 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 process <laughs> especially when they Sixth have a history round. of of doing of already fucking up kickers anyways regardless
1: Sixth round they they take uh Georgia center trey Hill and Michigan running back Chris Evans I love that trey Hill pick me too I think trey Hill he'll, is your future starting center? Like I thought, Trey Hill, um, especially going to his zone scheme where I think he's at, uh, uh, like he he can sit for a bit. But as he develops, I think there's there's a lot of interesting traits with him. Yeah. Um, the zone scheme thing, I thought I think in general he's better fit for the power scheme. But he is a big big mauler in the run game. Who like he's probably better than Billy Price right now. <laughs> I, I I agree like
2: I had him 188 he went 190 so like exactly but I kind of like it's almost one of those where like he's 188 but uh, I, I think he's he's almost better than that pick if he gets the right spot and if it kind of comes together because I I do think there is a uh, starter potential um, down the line for Trey Hill and like you say, kind of the a bit of a wonky fit uh, but I don't know maybe kind of pairing him with Carmen kind of similar ideas in the middle there right but I think you, you. I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't worry about it as much because, because again, it's a six round. But, but I think he can develop, and you can kind of just leave him there in center. And, um, yeah, I, I like I like the pick.
1: Evans was this, I thought pretty safe uh, late day three running backup running back yeah. pick, um, a guy who flashed a lot of potential at Michigan. Never it never totally all came together. Really good senior bowl week. Yeah. Pretty consistent uh, catcher of the football, a willing pass protector, kind of a slashing run style. I, I like that pick, yeah. What do you think of it, uh, Captain America? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, obviously, I love Chris Evans. Um, the Senior Bowl is definitely what got him drafted, and I mean, after Joe Mixon, uh, now that Gio's gone to Tampa, um, it's it's fairly wide open. Like Chris Evans could kind of, uh, he's got a path to being this being RB two, and like you said all the traits for Chris Evans look good and uh, shockingly awesome at catching the ball um, at the senior bowl and uh, t- testing tested pretty well too. So I, th- I think there's a path to Chris Evans being RB two. And if you're getting that at two Oh two, that's,
1: that's awesome. Final pick. They take Wyatt Hubert uh, from kids state. Not a guy I love high motor guy. Um, I thought was more of a UDFA guy. It's going to be hard for him to make this roster. Yeah, but I mean the seventh round, this late in the seventh round, who cares? It's kind of my main take on it.
2: Yeah, I know you're right though. It kind of is going to be hard to get him on the roster, but maybe they thought they couldn't recruit him because of that, and they like uh, so two
1: thirty-five. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, on to the Cleveland Browns, um, who I, another I think had the best draft uh, of the AFC North, and I give them an A. I also gave them an A, uh, and a value rate of plus 136. They kind of, uh, I don't want to say shocked us, but maybe a bit of a surprise taking uh, uh, Greg Newsome uh, in the first round of 26. But a, a really nice, safe yeah. plug-in play starting corner opposite uh, Denzel Ward. Just one of, I think, after, after the, obviously, the top three guys, like the clear fourth corner, True technician, really fluid. out his best in man coverage, uh, wicked feet. I I love that pick, and I just thought if, like, if you don't have a blatant guy you're after with, with that pick, take the the really high floor guy who plays a premier position.
2: Yeah, I definitely definitely agree. Um, obviously the secondary was a little shaky for the Browns last year at times, and mainly because of injuries. Um, but a lot of young guys. So I totally agree. Getting a safer guy um, makes the most sense to me, and uh, especially a guy that like like no one else there really could help the Browns more uh, this season specifically than Greg Newsome. So I, I think that that picks make, makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it was kind of it was a bit of a surprise to me when it happened. I thought it was weird because I saw some people acting like oh we knew this one all along, but I didn't see I didn't see that in mocks or anything. So I think they're full of shit. Uh, but it, but maybe they're acting like that because it makes a lot of sense, and I, I definitely agree that it's a it's a really good pick, and especially
1: when you consider that they come back at fifty two and get Jeremiah Usukarma. Exactly, like I I, I I follow Browns fan on Twitter who wanted them to take Jock at twenty six. Yeah, me too. And then I when they get him to. at fifty two, yeah. you're like, oh my god! <laughs> and as a Steelers fan, I hate it. Uh, the Browns obviously had a huge need at linebacker. They've they've taken a couple of the last couple drafts, and none has really made you confident I wouldn't say yeah um, Jock I think well first of all I'm excited to see how they deploy him mm-hmm. um, but and by the way he's wearing number 28 in Cleveland which is interesting um, he he gives you this electric defensive chess piece uh, who can pl- play as a big overhang can play some will linebacker could be a box safety really and match up with tight ends uh, and, and this is a division where there's a lot of tight end play Um and he, he if, if Cincinnati is going to continue, just in terms of how they're going to place it today, if they're going to continue to be heavy, five-wide, empty set, like this is a space player you want on the field. Um, I'm really excited to see how he's used. I think, yeah, slam dunk pick. I had a first-round grade. I believe you did as well. He was 14th uh, on my board. Yeah. it's partially sounds like he slipped because of something uh, they found in medicals with his heart, but he's cleared to play. Uh, I, I don't think it gets much better than th- this. Is probably the best value pick of, of day two.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the best picks of the draft. De- definitely. Um, no, I totally agree. And you needed someone to erase Pat Fryer <laughs> It's
0: true. He's, f- he's going to be <laughs> uh, Heath Miller. Definitely. Uh, no, no, no. I,
2: I liked. I liked your little breakdown of how he kind of he, he's going to be useful against each divisional opponent. Um and it's the the, the, probably the biggest need on the roster like it's a
1: it's it's I think it's one of the best picks of the draft um third round was kind of their only pick that I think had me scratching my head a little bit I know it was a big swing upside pick by Andrew Barry the GM they took the fastest man in the country Auburn receiver Anthony Schwartz and their offense definitely needed another um high upside more specifically a deep threat so I understand the fit for sure. I just didn't love the value here, I guess. But then when you look at their fourth round picks of James Hudson and Tom, Tommy Togiai, who I thought yeah. were both worthy of third round picks, it makes you feel a lot better about that Schwartz pick.
2: Yeah, it does. And I mean, is that the way to, to, to grade? I'm not sure. But in in the vacuum, um, I mean, I saw a lot of people that liked the pick, but I, neither of us were high. Where, where was he on
1: your board? Do you have it pulled oh. up in front of you? Uh, I can, and I will ramble as I I'll, do. I'll tell you. Uh, but, I'll like, tell you, obviously – I had him.
2: I'll tell you. I had him uh, I had him
1: Oh, I had him 182. Um, <laughs> obviously, a, 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 high, uh, a, a, a insane athlete who was, like, a borderline Olympian um, yep. who at Auburn, you saw big-time flashes. That offense didn't help him. Bo Nix didn't help him. Um, but you also saw a really raw route runner – with some inconsistent ball skills, just an overall, like, to, you swing on that type of guy in the fourth round, I think, especially in a draft like this uh, with safer bets at receivers still on the board. Mm. Um, like, the fact that to me, Diami Brown only going nine picks ahead of him, like, Diami Brown yeah. was so much better than Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, no. And that them going in similar range is pretty crazy. Uh, but, agreed. yeah. This is a great landing spot for him.
2: Do Okay, well like Donovan Peoples Jones uh six round last year. Uh, could have went earlier. Kind of was their deep threat, you know, third fourth option last year. Do you do you even think Schwartz is better than DPJ right now?
1: Uh I think they're like I had them similar ranges. Where it's your it's it's you're betting on complete athletic upside big recruit who never put it together in college.
2: Yeah, but I mean we we saw it some with DPJ last year, you know what I mean? So like I, I, as a top 100 pick, um, like if, if they took him at 132, I'd be a lot less um, upset. And, and that's our only
1: re- remotely bad yeah. pick, by the way. So it does yes. not
2: killing them. I just don't like the pick that yeah.
1: much. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they, but we love those fourth-round picks. And Hudson, yeah. who becomes your developmental right tackle when Jack Conklin hits free agency and you don't want to pay him or you have to cut him, you've got the perfect – got like Hudson played one year of offensive tackle essentially at Cincinnati after being a DT at Michigan freak athlete huge senior bowl week perfect scheme he is going to thrive in the zone scheme that Stefanski runs I love that and then it, it, obviously uh you let uh Larry Joby walk to Cincinnati in free agency so you've got this kind of question uh, on the interior defensive line specifically at one tack and Tommy Togiai in a that IDL class I thought was one of the best bets in the class at that position. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him playing substantial snaps at one tech early on. Uh, fully agree
2: with with both opinions there. Funny enough, too, then they, they signed Malik McDowell and gave Marvin Wilson the biggest uh, UDFA. So they're, they're trying to address the position. But I think they did it at 132. Um, like you said, it's thin class. But you throw on the togeye tape, uh, I thought he was safe. But with also upside, you saw some really nice he tested really well. Yeah, and he tested really well, too. And you see the glimpses as a pass rusher. I I think that's a absolute – like, item 79th, 132 is awesome. And I think you hit the nail on the head with James Hudson. Um, Item 75th, going 110, and kind of being able to not – because, you know, some some teams, the offensive lines are such messes that guys like James Hudson shouldn't be playing immediately, but they just get thrown in. And this is obviously uh, one of the best offensive lines in the league, so he's going to be able to sit. Uh, the scheme fit is perfect. It's 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 one
1: of the best fits in the entire draft for sure. And in the fifth round, they take Tony Fields uh, and Richard LeCount, which it's funny because with Fields you get a linebacker who's a explosive kind of striker whose instincts are a bit of a question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, or I should say are his biggest question. He he'll miss tackles, but he plays really hard. He plays really fast, and then in LeCount, you get a guy who didn't test very well, but has phenomenal instincts on the back end. Felt like he was always putting himself in the right position. Um, two different bets for two in in two different ways, and I, I like I kind of like both because I think a minimum with Fields you're getting a impact special teams guy. Uh, the classic special teams linebacker, if you will. I will. And in LeCount, you're, get, you're getting a safe backup at the minimum because he's such a smart, instinctual football player.
2: And I think both picks make sense uh, in the context of the roster where, yeah, they got Jeremiah Owusu-Kormoa, but uh, like you said, the linebacker's been their big need. So taking the athletic freak, or uh, nice freak, but you know a high, a high upside there makes sense. And then at the back end, they have a lot of uh, high upside guys, a lot of youth guys. Um, and they're just kind of trying to figure it all to put together. So getting a, a more instinctual guy um, like LeCount, I think, makes sense. So it's, it's all, it fit really well for what they needed at both spots.
1: And then finally in the sixth round, another uh, senior bowl slam dunk pick. Demetric Felton, the UCLA running back receiver, spent senior bowl as a receiver and looked like a, a natural slot. Obviously played running back this past year for Chip Kelly at UCLA and, and carried that offense. I'm really excited to see how they use him. I hope they use him as a complementary. Like, it's hard to see him finding much of a consistent role at running back with obviously Chubb and Hunt on the field. So I hope he gets a couple snaps as maybe a jet sweep guy or Mm -hmm. a, a designated like pass catching back or even line him up in the slot. I mean, I think Dimitri Felton's a better receiver than Anthony Schwartz. So I, I'm <laughs> excited to see what they do with him. Yeah, I was about to say, if if, if you flip-flop the
2: Schwartz and Felton pick, uh, you love both Money. picks. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, again, I, I thought Felton was a top 100 guy. I, I I didn't expect him really to go top 100, but that's how no. I felt. And yes. the fit is kind of funky, but I do think they're going to have a plan. You know what I can totally see from Dimitri Felton is – you know, it's the AFC Divisional round, uh, Steelers-Browns, and Felton gets a sweet end around and, and houses it for 30 yards out to, to win the game or something. And all the Common fans are like, who the hell is Demetri Felton? I can see that path for him. It's like they're going to have him in. He, he could be a clutch guy in big spots. And I think the only reason he fell is because he didn't test that well. But you, you watch the tape, um, there's no questions about his speed on the tape. Then you watch the Senior First Bowl. All, There's no questions about his route running. That's what I, or sorry, you know what I mean. As a route runner, as a running back, it was like holy shit. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, sorry. Defend your Steelers.
1: He would get caught by Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> okay, that's true. The, the he was a great tester. That's a good point. Okay, <laughs> and speaking of Terrell Edmonds, let's get to my Steelers, who I think, kind of obviously had the worst draft of the AFC North. Yeah. Um, by valuing less valuable positions than they should uh and i give them a b minus i give them a c plus but it's kind of on the border
2: of a b minus i, I was gonna go opposite of you but I'll, I'll stick with the c plus and uh value rate
1: of minus 60 so so not not great not absolutely terrible they had a need at running back no one's doubting that but you still can't justify taking one in the first round they do with Najee harris we both think it's a, like he's gonna find immediate success and heck he could be a pro bowl running back in pittsburgh but that doesn't mean you like it still can't be justified even though I love the player and as a Steelers fan removing my draft football nerd stuff I'm kind of happy but <laughs> yeah. uh like he's just too lovable uh and, and kind of he the is. perfect fit in Pittsburgh yeah um, but you still can't justify drafting a running back in the first round a 23 year old running back at that who I mean f- four years from now you pick up his option you're paying him then you're going to pay him again that doesn't seem like smart football um, but I understand why people are excited. Um, you should be, I mean, look, y- you love the player.
2: You love the fit. You love the person too. So all, all of that, I've no doubt that Najee Harris is going to be awesome as a Pittsburgh Steeler. The only thing that sours is, is do you take a running back in the first round? And the answer is kind of resoundingly no. Um, but, but if you ignore that, it's an awesome pick, but you can't, um, I love Najee Harris. I love that he ended up in Pittsburgh. I think, from a pure uh, fan perspective, you gotta be excited because he's he's the best back you've had in in a long, long time.
1: It it kind of okay. It kind of made it worse that, that fifty five. Yes. And all I'm thinking about yeah. with these first two picks is we need an offensive like I want to center and I want to tackle, and then they take tight end, which is like the yeah. second least valuable position. And they take Pat Friermuth, who this is right around where I had him, and I think he's a really an, – another guy who's a safe bet to find success and be your Heath Miller, sure, but, like, I, I don't think anyone – like, he's not a Kyle Pitts type of game-changing tight end, and you have bigger needs at offensive tackle, and you basically just say by doing this that you're, you're just going to ride whoever you got at uh, uh, offensive tackle in Chooks a core for Zach Banner, and uh, you're trying to, like, remake the old team with – Le'Veon Bell and Heath Miller, and it's hard again. It's hard to knock because when I, you just look straight at the pick, and regardless of everything else, like I think it's a safe pick that was a need, but I, I still don't love it. By the
2: way, when I say long, long time, it just feels so long since lev has been a stealer for some reason. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Like uh, value, yeah, I had him fifty first. Uh, fit, yeah, definitely. Uh, staying in state always gets a bumping grade from both of us, I think. Um, but why are you drafting the tight end fifty five? um like yeah it was it a need yes um to an extent but when that off the line um looks as bad as you just pointed out it looks um <laughs> when big ben's on his last legs anyways um hey oh, i did he, haskins and oh yeah haskins coming in um but <laughs> i mean <laughs> bet he's gonna get a lot of looks like ben does love using his tight end so maybe this was a fuck the future let's try to get back and see what we can do and Ben this is gonna not his best friend but this is gonna be a really close friend for Ben Roethlisberger again I de- I definitely agree that it like right when you were like kind of coming to terms a bit with the Najee Harris trade and it's it's Friday you're like okay I'm a little excited and they come back and hit you with this um, it's, it's kind of like getting
1: slapped in the face twice but good players so I don't know uh, at least in the third round, they finally take an offensive lineman who I love. And Kendrick yeah. Green, who I think is going to be uh, probably your starting center from day one. At least he should be. Um, wearing Mar- Marquis Pounce, he's 53. Uh, a guy who I think was kind of undercovered in the yeah. lead-up to the draft. But yeah. a guy who's got guard guard center flexibility, plays like a madman. Uh, oh, You're you're hard-pressed to find a offensive lineman who would just take kill shots on defensive linemen who were being blocked by someone else in pass protection. Uh, Really, really aggressive football player who's got a pretty solid anchor and and strong hands and I think should be your starting center from day one. This is the best pick the Steelers made, and pretty obviously. So um,
2: I guess it reconciles not getting your Quinn Miners or Creed Humphrey at 55. Um, when it comes back and you get you get uh, Kendrick Green here, yeah, I think I think he's gonna win the center job. And he again, when you see the pedigree of the Steelers center, you start thinking right away that Kendrick Green's gonna kind of just fall right in line with that
1: because he's got he's got all the tools. I I am very happy about that. Fourth round they take a pair of Texas A and M boys, in Dan Moore and Buddy Johnson. Moore I thought was a big reach. Me too. Um, developmental tackle when you're taking him this early you're you're betting on those athletic traits and hoping mike munchak still your offensive line coach to mold him into a future starter but he's not so who knows and buddy johnson i actually really like this pick this is right around the range i had him and to me he is vince williams 2.0 and he's kind of your future next to devin bush is how i viewed it at least
2: yeah i was a little lower on buddy johnson but i still love the pick because again one of the best aesthetics in college football and when you think linebacker aesthetics, you think the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's perfect there. But also, yeah, he feels a lot like Vince Williams. I'm sure Buddy Johnson is going to come in and be productive for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. So I like this pick a lot. Um, even though I was a, maybe a little lower, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I like it a lot.
1: Uh, fifth round felt like another big reach um, yeah. with Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin who – He fits the scheme in terms of being a a massive five-tech potential to add some more weight, but he tested really poorly. He didn't add much in terms of pass rush at Wisconsin. I I thought this was just, this to me was a big head-scratcher. It felt like when they took um, Shade Tree, the big nose tackle from Tennessee, uh, must have been like almost 10 years ago now. Um, I can't even think of his name. Daniel McCullers. It felt just like that to me. <laughs> that's yeah. That's fair. I I really
2: they, this is the I think this is the worst pick they made uh, easily. Um, kind of out of left field. I didn't think Loudermilk was gonna get, get drafted. Never mind going the fifth round. Um, so kind of, out of nowhere. But I I think they did make up for with with Quincy Roche in the sixth.
1: Yeah, Quincy Rocher, sixth round. Um, a guy who if he was bigger and tested yeah. maybe a little better goes a little earlier. Uh, undersized pass rusher, but I think finding like. There, there's a chance he can find a bit of a situational pass rusher role maybe early, um, because obviously with Bud Dupree gone, Alex Highsmith steps in. But the, they've always had that third edge rusher yeah. who gets into the rotation. I hope it's Roche. I hope it's not Cassius Marsh. <laughs> I, I think Quincy Roche, uh,
2: maybe like if you look at value, this is a this is a great pick. And if you look at value, if you kind of grade the value heavier, it might be better than the Kentrick Green pick. But obviously Kendrick Green Green's a better player. Um. yeah, I think he's going to carve out that role for, for the Steelers. He, and, honestly, he looked better as a run defender, at, like, at the senior bowl. I thought he kind of cleaned some of that up. Now, don't expect him to be on the field then. It's going kind to of just be pass rush situations. But um, coming off the edge, I, I, I like this pick. I think at 216, I, I think that's a slam dunk pick. And
1: then two seventh-round picks, Oklahoma DB Trey Norwood. I, I like this pick a lot. A, a guy who solid senior bowl, tough, versatile DB. I think I had something on special teams. Uh, I think he'll be a safety in Pittsburgh. And then Georgia Tech punter, Presley Harvin. How to need up punter. Best punter in the draft. I love it. I love Presley Harvin. I want to get his jersey. <laughs> I, like I said to you the whole time,
2: it's like they made a fan favorite draft. It's really what this feels like. Yeah. And it's kind of like, even with Loudermilk, it's like, oh, he's got a cool name. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh people are going to like him. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> it was a, a, a draft to sell tickets. <laughs> yeah. And. Hey, you didn't have a year of it, so does it make sense? No,
1: but and kind of. <laughs> speaking speaking of selling tickets, one way to sell tickets is to trick people into gambling on your sport. And this week has a ton of sports action as the Major League Baseballs, the NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports book news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Speaking of experts, you're probably wondering who's the expert with steaks, and I can tell you, Kansas City, the whole place of Kansas City, but more specifically, Kansas City Steaks. You work hard and play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their Butter Tender Filet Mignon Kansas City Strips juicy steak burgers, all-beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to kansascitysteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's kansascitysteaks.com, code SD. kansascitysteaks.com, code SD. Speaking of codes... The Chicago Bears have cracked the code. Mm-hmm. They finally made a move and acquired a real franchise quarterback. Um, obviously, that was kind of the talk pretty early in, in the first round on, on draft night when Ryan Pace made the smartest move of his career, jumping from 20 to 11 to draft Justin Fields, and that alone earned an A for Chicago in my mind.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Also got an A. Uh, also quietly, I thought I thought the, the last four picks specifically – all good value picks, in my opinion. So, great out for a big plus 219 value grade.
1: Um, I, I I also want to add, I loved all their picks, to be honest. Um, Fields obviously sets the tone. Big, biggest need on the roster. Gets you a, a true franchise quarterback to get fans excited about. Doesn't have to play right away either. It's nice to have Andy Dalton there, and Nick Foles for that matter. Uh, but Fields really fits what you think Nagy wants to do by having a mobile quarterback who can also excel in the RPO game. He's a very aggressive downfield passer. Works through his reads fast, despite what big media is going to tell you. And is a, a really, I would say basically two games of his career at Ohio State, was one of the best decision makers we've seen in recent college football at the quarterback position.
2: Can't question his toughness either. Obviously, the Clemson game broken, and He came, comes back and had the game of his career. Um, this individually is the best pick of the draft right like when you take into account the, the value of quarterbacks and the value of the chicago bears never having one uh forever now uh it's 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 absolutely terrific i'm so happy for chicago fans awesome also awesome keeping in big tank country why uh, if it doesn't work for justin fields i think it just comes down to the coaching staff but then you know if Nagy gets canned, then your next coaching staff is coming in specifically to develop Justin Fields. Um, I, I, again, I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I you, you didn't give up too, too much to get up there and get him. I know it's, it's it's 11th overall, but to get your franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter where it is in
1: the draft. Um, great. Great pick. I am I love it. Uh, second round, another awesome pick. When they go and they get Tevin Jenkins, 39th overall. Um best tackle on the board great value there yeah plug and play you think he's gonna be the plug and play right tackle but then obviously they cut Charles Leno I didn't think that was a very smart move um, but regardless of that really good pick one of the the kind of the meanest dudes I tackle in this class really solid athlete who plays strong base really big pop at his hands massive size good fit for the scheme too I like this pick a lot I just wish he was playing right tackle
2: yeah, uh, kind of ignoring the Leno move. I don't really understand that part of it. Um, but, but yeah, regardless of that, going up again, making a trade up to get him, uh, phenomenal move, especially when you see the other tackles that would have been there um, for the original pick, who it was, Jackson Carmen. But but you put that into context, obviously I thought he was a uh, top 32 guy in the draft and uh, item 28th. Uh, I love this so, so much, especially pairing – your new franchise quarterback with uh i mean he's gonna be left tackle but you know what i mean just just with with a premier tackle i love that so much
1: uh fifth they don't pick again to the fifth round they get one of them, uh, the guys i I like a lot and i hadn't heard much on him so i was kind of surprised he went right around where i had him larry borum from missouri another massive mean tackle uh who i think is a better fit at guard but mm-hmm. because of the tevin jenkins thing moving to left tackle i wonder if He's their developmental rate tackle. I guess. Um, but just another mauler in the run game who's extremely strong. Not a great athlete. His feet can be messy, but I like this pick a lot in this range. I, see, I,
2: I'm, I I forgot you liked Larry Barnum. I, I wasn't that high on him, but I like the idea uh, with the selection. Um, again, 151 too early for me, but um, the idea behind it I like. Um, not when you mix in Cutting Leno, but that's uh, whatever. So in a
1: vacuum. Uh, too too early, but I like, I like, I like, I like the fit. Sixth round, they get three picks. They take Khalil Herbert, Daz Newsome, Thomas Graham. Herbert, I thought would go higher just because this running back class is mm-hmm. no, really impressive. I think he's a really safe backup, uh, one cut guy we both like. Daz Newsome, one of my favorite players in the class, um, two years in a row they take one of my favorite receivers in the class yeah. uh mooney last year Newsome this year i think he's a potential uh future slot receiver with what he does as a route right runner and uh, how fantastic his hands are uh and then thomas graham's uh kind of in, in a interesting secondary that won't need him to necessarily play 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 early is a uh, developmental nickel in my yeah. eyes.
2: no i totally agree with all three of those statements um Herbert, uh, it's kind of like the perfect compliment to David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen where, you know, Montgomery's the bruiser, Cohen's the pass catcher, coming off an injury too. Um, And Herbert's just that one cut and go, um, kick return upside too. I I love that pick, and I I thought he should have definitely. I had him 158. Um, I thought he – I was surprised to see him get out of the fifth round. Um, So, yeah, I I love this pick, and I think he's going to, you know, be exactly what you're drafting him to be. Um, yeah, I agree Daz, I had him 173 So I think it's great value um, And I definitely see the path To him becoming the starting slot And uh, on the other side Same goes for Thomas Graham Starting nickel potential uh, I had him 135 I, So I, I loved, loved, loved the value With all three of these guys And even at 250 The seventh round uh, Kairos Tonga The IDL from BYU Big ol' big old nose tackle Space eater um, I, I really was didn't have a good gauge On where he was going to go uh, you throw on the tape or watch BYU games live last year with when Zach Wilson show was on. Um, some big-time flashes from him. So I, I like this bet at 250. A um, little bit inconsistent, but just for a pure nose tackle plug, uh, I, I heard Rob call him in the fridge 2.0. I think this is a really yep. good value. A <laughs> really good pick in the what, seventh
1: round. Worth pointing out, um, lesser nose tackles, in my eyes, went ahead of him too. multiple lesser nose tackles. So yeah. I thought this was yeah, a really good bet here. 7th round, a safe bet mm-hmm. where you get a guy who can back up Eddie Goldman as a true nose tackle. Yeah, I think again, uh, the I wasn't didn't love the Borum pick, but I I'd loved everything else they did. Yeah. it's and again, when you it all comes down to the, they they prioritized premier positions with those first two picks and got the two best guys available at those positions with those picks, it, it's hard to criticizing. yeah, and, and just
2: massive kudos to come back. Like, even if they just had Fields and Jenkins, uh, and that was the draft, I would think it's a good draft, but to, yeah. to come back I'm and a- after pick 200 get four guys of that caliber that could be contributors, um, I'm sure th- they will be, um, eventually. I think that's amazing, amazing, especially in this again, anything can happen, but like in, in a year where, uh, st- not all steals, but you know, so much shit was up in the air. Um, getting getting that much value on day three, uh, pick two
1: seventeen and later, I love that. Uh and speaking of teams that don't normally draft full drafting yeah. well, I mean yeah. Brad Holmes first draft as GM of the Lions, uh, with Dan Campbell at the helm as head coach. Another really impressive draft. I gave them an A minus.
2: I gave them an A. And a uh, value and rate it's... of
1: plus one forty
2: nine, which is pretty good, but not not Chicago good. Not, not it's not Chicago good. I'm gonna start saying that in everyday talk. <laughs> oh, don't don't get me started. I got a whole thing about
1: Chicago. Can I can I do a? No, we don't have the time. Yet. No, no. Save it for a different show. gonna be too long. Remind uh, me about okay. it though. We, okay, Cincinnati passed on Panay well. Detroit yep. freaking jumped at him. I mean, if you weren't gonna take a quarterback with this pick, this was the guy to take. Yeah. Um, a slam dunk pick. I mean. Built, build in the trenches. You've got a placeholder at quarterback. You don't love any of the quarterbacks in the draft. That's fine. Live with your year and, and work on getting that franchise quarterback when you've built an offensive line. They've got a lot of pieces coming together on their offensive line. I love this. Me too.
2: I just also set, um, sets the tone for the rest of the draft. Sets the tone for the
1: for the start of the regime there, building in the trenches and the next two picks. Follow that trend. And Yeah, and then the next two picks, second round – Levi Anzeriki On- third round Ali McNeil bad interior defensive line class they got somehow got two of the best in the class who complement yeah. each other really well where Anuzeriki is a penetrator uh, a three tech with explosiveness who played a lot of nose tackle out of position at Washington but should be used as a a, um, a gap shooter and then McNeil's like more of that real thick one tech with surprising agility and athleticism. Yeah to make plays and they I'm really excited to see what those three picks. I thought alone were awesome. And I liked what they did go after that too, but freaking just building in the trenches with three of the best at what they do.
2: Yeah. Like when you saw Dan Campbell's introductory uh, uh, um, press conference, uh, you could tell this is what they're going for. And they came out and made a statement and they're shifting in this culture and they're building an attitude with this football team. And I, I think you gotta love that, and, and not like there's no reaches in the bunch. Sewell was the best player on the board easily. Like it was all it, this, this, this first two days uh, came out perfectly, and I think the same thing for Ifatu uh, Melifonwu at 101. Well, I thought could have went much earlier. Um, yeah. I thought way worse corners went ahead of him. Uh, oh yeah. So to get him come in, um, I, I'm not gonna say a project, but a guy to really, really develop because I think he's already a good football player. Um, potential long-term starter opposite Jeff Okuda and Ani, too. Um, I, I think that's an absolute
1: slam dunk, too. A, g- a guy who, yeah, the size and the, the, the fluidity at that size are really impressive. Yeah. Aaron Glenn's your new DC. He obviously had, had a strong history as Saints DB coach. He gets to work with Okuda and Mel both big, physical, athletic guys on the outside. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love that so much um and then the fourth round obviously the kind of those four first four picks you can't really knock any of the picks but you're also stressing they have a horrible wide receiver core they haven't taken one um uh, they somehow end up with a Brown in the fourth round who i, I thought should have gone in the third round uh yeah, who i mean is the most talented receiver already on that roster now
2: uh, easily <laughs> I,
1: I think he's a great
2: fit too I think he's like a, a polished dude a guy that's going to come in and just be well rounded uh, not really any holes in his game uh, like, again not, not a supreme he's, athlete or anything
1: sorry he, I was just going to say he, he reminds me so much of Tyler Boyd in that he just is like yeah he's not a twitchy dude but just really smooth really yeah. runner great ball skills great body control can come in and I think be your, your day one starting slot receiver
2: funny, funny enough my comp was uh, Nate Burleson <laughs> who obviously Detroit Lion uh, at one twelve though you throw all that you throw that factor in there too not not just saying he's the best receiver on the roster already but to get that that much value item seventy first I think that that's an amazing 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 pick
1: and then one thirteen they take Derek Barnes where linebacker is kind of a wonky spot for yep. them really really explosive guy who's got a um, who played some edge at Purdue as well yeah had a pretty solid Senior Bowl week. It was a bit like around early for me, but I can't hate the pick. I like the fit. Yeah, no, me too. Like I had him like one forty ish. Um,
2: so yeah, about around too early for me as well. But no, I like I like the pick though. Like I gave it in a in a vacuum a B plus uh, individually because I think the fit makes a lot of sense. Um, it was a need, like you said, a wonky s position, and betting on his traits at one thirteen is completely fine to me, especially with the rest of
1: the hall. And then seventh round, they obviously just cut Kirion Johnson. Uh, well, they drafted Jamar Jefferson. Um, so it looks like the the running back room is going to assumably be Swift as your one, Jamal Williams the ideal RB two, and then Jamar Jefferson uh, have a kind of interesting dynamic RB three who had some big big games at Oregon State.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I thought Jefferson sh- could have should have went a lot earlier. Um, so to get him uh, this. This late in the the third last pick in the draft, I think is an absolute uh, steal. I mean, real, realistically, how much is he going to produce? Probably not crazy, but still, to get your RB three this late for
1: for a guy that could have won much earlier, steal. Uh, okay, final two teams: the Green Bay Packers, who I gave a B minus, kind of shocking picks at times. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who knows if he's happy, but yeah, B minus for me. I gave them a C
2: plus. Uh, their value grade ended up being a negative eighty three.
1: Uh, first round, they take Eric Stokes, who I liked a lot. I didn't think he'd be going in the first round. Obviously, blew up some testing in the process. Um, it just, I don't know. They keep drafting corners really high, and outside of Jair Alexander, none of them seem to work. Yeah. Uh, it just felt like they had other positions they should have prioritized. Um, yeah. But I do think he becomes your starting corner opposite Alexander, and I really like him as a guy who's kind of, cover versus stone in terms of being like, he can play press man can play off. He, he looks good playing deep zone. Uh, so I, I think I, 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 it wasn't the best pick you could have made, but I like, it's, it's fine. It is yeah.
2: Nice. I, I think that is, that is fair. Like I like the player. Adam 40th going 29th. Uh, I didn't think he was a first round guy, but we heard a little bit about it. So I'm not too concerned. Uh, corner was a need. Like you said, they've been throwing picks at it, and only is panned out. So I don't hate it. I, I think it's like a solid, solid pick. Um, again, just the Rodgers thing drop and made the whole thing more, uh, more wonky. Mm-hmm. But in a, in a vacuum, I, I I'm I think it's a
1: solid pick. Second round, they go offensive line. Center was a need. Yep. Uh, they lost Corey Lindsley. Um, Josh Myers, Ohio State. They go back to the well. Yep. I'm an Ohio State guy. I thought Josh Myers was more of a late third, early fourth. I thought there was better center options on the board, better fits too, because I think Myers fits a power scheme better. Uh, like I think he's gonna be a safe plug and play player. I just I didn't think he was the best bet in, in, in this spot. And Creed uh, Humphrey was the next pick. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> if if you think about that, it's a like I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't like Myers to me was like. No, nowhere near Creed three. I had Kendrick Green, Drew Dalman, Quinn Miners, just in terms of centers, uh, all ahead of him as well. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't have Dalman ahead of him, but I had the others
2: uh, for sure. Uh, and I had a, I was in the same boat. I had him 99th on my board. I'm like, okay, you're getting a plug-and-play center. It's going to be okay. Um, Second-round pick, I don't like that. I don't think the juice is worth that squeeze there. But, like you said, need for sure. I, I think I think... Maybe more of a fit, or maybe just he's a white center, so I think he's gonna be a good fit for the Packers. They definitely know what they're doing on the offensive line. So I, I, I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt, but um I, I just don't know how you can look at Josh Myers and look at Creed Humphrey and think Josh Myers is the pick. That makes no yeah, sense. That's in crazy. Any world to me.
1: Uh I like I like I like taking Mari Rogers at E5 in E five in the too. third round. Um, your new Randall Cobb, if you will, first will. slot receiver can do a lot after the catch, kind of like a Debo Samuel type player. Um, I, I think this is a really good, safe, smart pick. Uh, I think this is the best pick. If you're not going to take, yeah, if you're not going to take a receiver in the first two rounds, taking him in the third round, I thought that was pretty money.
2: Yeah, me too. Item 74th going 85th. I thought, honestly, I thought he was going to go higher than 74th to be, to be completely honest or yeah. Um, so yeah, perfect fit. Getting the guy that can do the yak. You know, I thought I, I wanted them to take Kadarius Tony. Obviously, he wasn't there, but similar idea with Mario Rogers. Um, I love yeah, this. Yeah, can I, be your sweep guy. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, Tyler Irvin, Sorry, buddy. Uh, Mario Rogers coming in, running back with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think this was easily the best pick
1: they made. Um, fourth round, they take Royce Newman. And I think I th- I liked him more. Fifth, late fifth. Me too. As a. a First Versatile of offensive lineman you can play guard, can play right tackle. Um, t- right tackle depth pick. I don't love it here because I don't. Know, I, I I thought he was really inconsistent on tape where he was. He's a pretty smooth operator, but his hands and his he plays too high. His hands are or his hands placement is, is pretty sporadic and just a lot to work on with him. Kind of a classic um, Packers offensive lineman. That's, on day that's three, what I'm Yeah. Yeah. Um, fifth fifth round. To Daryl Slayton, which was one of the nose tackles who went ahead of Kira Stanga, uh, that kind of shocked me. Big recruit who never really put it all together. Florida, yeah. Um, who I, I guess the plans to back up Kenny Clark. I thought that was a big reach. Me too. Um, and then Shamar Jean Charles as well in the fifth round, nickel from Appalachian City. I didn't hate this pick, but like I like the player. I just didn't think he was getting drafted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought like I kind of expected seventh, mid seventh.
2: Uh, so yeah, a little high for me. Uh, I guess throwing picks at corners
1: okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so whatever. It's a, I give it. I get a vacuum. I give it a C. Sixth round they go Cole Van Lanen. Got to take the the hometown Wisconsin <laughs> lineman and Boston College linebacker Isaiah McDuffie. Van Lanen and, and Royce Newman felt like just depth picks, but like I didn't think Royce Newman was that much better than Van Lanen. Um just in terms of where they're drafted. Uh mm-hmm. Van Lanen I think is going to be viewed more as an interior guy with Newman as a as a right tackle. Um Isaiah McDuffie, uh, hard hitter plays plays uh tough football but I, some people really liked him. I I worried like I thought the instincts and just lack of awareness and coverage were big worries but it, I mean sixth round yeah, I like it here. Linebacker it's fine here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then seventh round, I love Kylan Hill in the seventh round of this pick. I think this is your new Jamal Williams, consistent football catcher, physical rumble or physical pass protector. Uh, your third your third string running back. I'm I'm cool with that there.
2: Yeah, I was a little lower I think on Hill than than somewhere, but at 256, I, I really really like it. And yeah, saw some of the the pass catching ability. I think again, I think I'm a little lower on that attribute as well, but. Uh, two fifty six. Like you said, new Jamal Williams big, uh, definitely has that potential. I like it.
1: Okay, finally, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I gave them a B plus.
2: I gave them a B minus, and uh, not 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 because of, but uh, when you see my value grade of negative three hundred fifty eight, by far the worst <laughs> one. Uh, that <laughs> mainly mainly They're because w- of Nwagu
1: and and you
2: know Kelamond.
1: Yeah, their 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 picks were a weird mix of. Love it, huge reach. <laughs> love it, huge reach. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you love the Christian trade back, take yeah. Christian Dariusaw twenty third, plug and play left tackle, perfect in the zone scheme, ferocious run blocker, nothing wrong with that. Slide then they have, they have four third round picks, um, and, and, and I mean all four were fun, uh, but taking Kellen on sixty six. That's a reach, but then in the context of Kyle Trask yeah. going 64th and Davis Mills going 67th, it was in the zone he was going to be going. Yes. Um, I, I like Calumon was my QB6. I like him a lot more than Mills and Trask. Way more physical upside. Really interesting project uh, with the mobility. Um, but I don't think, like I, I realistically, I don't think he's going to be starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, see that's... So, I, I like and that, at sixty six. You can get a, a high impact starter.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get banking on the traits for Mond. Um, I d- I think he's gonna be a long term one of the best backups in the league, but I don't see a starter. And at sixty six, why are you doing that? Um, and it's, to me, like Trask Mills and Mond weren't super far apart either. And I I did have them in that order, uh, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. And like, it just feels like if, if the things don't work out with Kirk Cousins, they'll be in a spot to pick a quarterback next year in the first round. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, I don't yeah I don't I don't like
1: it. I uh, don't yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> the next three third round picks are they, they take Chaz at seventy eighth. I think that's a really Interesting pick. Yep. Um, Wyatt Davis, eighty-six, slam dunk. Then Patrick Jones, ninetieth reach.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with your sentiment on all three. Let's start with Chaz. Obviously, we're both big fans of Chaz, right? I, I but I, I thought I didn't expect him to go this high. I had him ninety-fifth, um, but I'm, I'm cool with it. Older guy, obviously new to the linebacker position. Interesting because obviously it's not a desperate need, but they need a guy to kind of develop. But he's a little bit old. I, I, well,
1: I think they when lose, it, they lose, they they lose eric wilson eric Wilson, yeah they yeah. kind of need that they kind of need they need a impactful trustworthy will linebacker so he could get on the field pretty early uh yeah. with at the bar and eric kendricks um i like the pick i uh, i thought pretty solid value good fit um worth worth the, the chance here me too uh, Wyatt I... davis yeah go ahead maybe not the the best scheme fit but you can't knock it at 86 where i thought he was a top 50 player more of a run Mauler built for the power scheme, but um, I I think he he's kind of you're looking at him as you're starting left guard uh, at some point.
2: Yeah, but they they definitely have this again. Yeah, he's a little mismatch with the rest of the offensive line there, and like you said, not like you said, more of a power scheme guy. Um, but I like the identity of this mean uh, run first offensive line that they're building. Right, I think I love that, and yeah, item fifty ninth still getting him at eighty six is great. Um, I love this pick. I think this is the... Well, sorry, the second best pick they made after saw
1: well, Just look at their old line and like, what you their old, projected starting the offensive line should be at some point of Derrissaw, Davis, yeah. Bradbury, Cleveland, Brian O'Neal. That's a really cool offensive line. Yeah, young and cool offensive
2: line. Yeah, young and all of them can fucking run block their asses off.
1: Uh, Patrick Jones was a guy who... Don't like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, you saw a lot of bright flashes at Pitt, but just the, combining how poorly he tested, Pitt, Pitt guys in general, how, how poorly he tested, yeah. um, and, and just the lack of overall sophistication with his hands as a pass rusher, I, I thought he was a mid-fourth, late-fifth guy, and mm-hmm. I do think if a defensive line, or de- defensive coaching staff can get the most out of him, it's probably them, but... Yeah, um, ninety. That, I,
2: I don't like it. Um, me neither. Do you remember on our uh, I forget what show it was at the end of the year, uh, we were talking about DJ Wanham, and you're like, well, I think they're they're gonna replace him. He's not gonna be starter. DJ Wanham's gonna be holding on to his job, baby. <laughs> That's what I think. So, I had a good rookie year, but yeah, I don't a ninety. I don't like. I don't 136, So yeah, a round and a half too early for me. Um, I just don't get it. I
1: don't I don't understand why he's a top one hundred guy. Me neither. Yeah, uh, fourth round, the, another what pick? And yeah. Kinane Nwangwu, the Iowa State running back who tested off the charts, is a really good return man, but barely played running back at Iowa State. Um, he he gets to, they love really twitched up mm-hmm. running backs though, and I mean he's your third stringer and assumably gonna find a role as a kick returner. If they
2: took him um, at like one ninety nine. This would be like okay, this is fucking fun, but 119, yeah. it's like where the hell did this come from? When obviously Dalvin Cook is one of the best backs in the league, Alexander Madison's one of the best second string running backs in the league. Um, it's it's super out of nowhere at 119. Their new Mike Boone. He is their new Mike Boone. <laughs> Anyways, okay, but,
1: your favorite pick, let's hear it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Cam Bynum at 125. Right in the range I had him. I love Cam Bynum. They're going to be playing him at safety, which is way better fit for his skill set. I think Cam Bynum is going to be your starting safety sooner rather than later. Uh, again, this staff is a staff I trust to get the most out of Cam Bynum. Such great instincts. Such a high football character dude who is in so natural in zone coverage and just didn't have the athleticism to hang up as a man cover corner. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this.
2: Yeah. See, I I I agree with you. Um, I was I was except I was lower on Cam Brown. I'm at him like one eighty nine or something like that. Uh, but moving to safety, uh, and the fit with the Minnesota Vikings is is terrific. But did they have to take him at one twenty five? I'm not. I'm not so sure. So, anyways, that's,
1: uh, yes, that's where you take him because that's where where I think I would take him. <laughs> okay, I,
2: I don't. I don't know. But anyways, they got their, they got him. I think it's a great fit, so I'm not going to knock that part. But I, I do
1: think a bit of a reach, yeah. Sp- speaking of DJ Wanham, Janarius Robinson's this year's DJ Wanham for them, where it's just this massive, yeah, explosive head rusher who doesn't know how to play football very well. Uh, I liked him at the Senior Bowl. You didn't. Um, tape is very inconsistent. This was, like, I when I say I like him at this year, Bowl, I thought he was, like, a 7th round guy. Yeah, flash. Uh, a little bit. They took him in the 4th round. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, big reach
2: again. Um, at 134, I don't get it. But, like, say you are taking him in the 5th round-ish or a l- little bit later. Betting on the traits, I can understand. But,
1: uh, again, 4th round, I don't like the pick. Speaking of betting on traits in the 5th round, they, yeah. they do it twice. My guy, Amir Smith-Marset, uh, who I would have taken top 100, they take him 157. Um, and... Central Missouri tight end Zach Davidson, who is another freaking freak worthy, I think, of betting on the fifth round. Yeah, uh, Amir Smith-Marcet, I think, has a chance to be your third receiver in, in Minnesota, where that spot's wide open. He's a gadget guy with return upside and explosive playmaking ability.
2: Yeah, no, I think he's going to fit in there perfectly, and <clears throat> I, 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 this is like a belt where I had him, uh, maybe a little bit lower, but uh, traits-wise, he could have won higher for sure, and yeah, letting him be the explosive guy, and obviously the need as a they they need a third receiver and being a gadget guy. I th- I think this this is a f- absolutely fantastic pick. Um, Zach Davidson, I was I had him lower on my board, but it's kind of because I wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted. And it was kind of like Central Missouri, kind of converted punt. Like it was kind of like just a tricky one. But I I I kind of love the pick, like betting on the traits and the size and yep. the athleticism. I, and obviously Kyle Rudolph is is in New York um i love this pick to be to be honest so uh, those two picks yeah it's really fun were awesome and even i i was higher on twyman than somewhere um so i think at 199 more than worth the 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 juice there
1: yeah you kind of worried with twyman that he'd get overdrafted but then like he ended up going here and you're like yeah no this is probably where he should have gone um obviously the testing didn't help it seemed like he just he, he looked like he got bigger and lost some of that spark you saw yeah. from his uh, 2019 tape. Um, but, again, another team where they've done a good job betting on some defensive linemen in recent history. Uh, he's not going to have to play right away or anything. He's, he just – they built some depth up on that defensive line in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, if you look at, like, 2019 Twyman, uh, he, was, he was like a – you know, he could have been a fifth-round pick. Like, realistically. So, um. Yeah, I think if you can get back to that farm, I, I I think this is a really really good pick, and I like I I kind of even kind of went to the 2019 and was like that's kind of where I had him like one uh 145ish or something like that, so at 199, I 199 I like the pick a lot.
1: Uh well, AJ, we the North, aren't we? And uh, in a couple days, we'll be heading down south just like our Toronto Raptors did.